Hello and welcome to Quick Looks from The Long View. This is episode number 23 being recorded on December 9th, 2016. Uh, tonight we're going to be taking a look at two different games. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at the game Flag Dash. Uh, this is by Kirk Dennison, published by Peacekeeper Games. And we're also going to be looking at uh, the game The Pursuit of Happiness, or as many people have called it, Life for Gamers. Uh, this is published by Stronghold Games and Artipia Games, and it's designed by uh, David Chirkop and Adrian Abella. Uh, with Vangelis uh, Takis, I think I probably messed that up, but Lloyd's nodding at me, like maybe I didn't do too bad of a job. So uh, we're going to be taking a look at both of these games tonight. And uh, since The Pursuit of Happiness is all about uh, building your life and living your life and experiencing it from uh, the time you're a child all the way up through old age and your untimely passing, it's always too soon. Uh, Lloyd, could you perhaps say hello to everybody this week as a uh, young a newlywed girl, perhaps, um, from California or something. Oh my god, have you seen this ring? I can't believe it. It looks fantastic. Oh, we're registered on Hollywood Drive and Rodeo Drive, and just you, you have to. Oh my god. God. That's enough, that's enough. You have to go to Beverly Hills. <laughs> no, no. Hollywood Drive? What the heck is Hollywood Drive? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to make Rodeo up, Drive. You're trying just, to make up words. You're just making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Lloyd, that was disturbing and fun as always, so thanks for uh, agreeing to be on the show again tonight. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're here going to be taking a look at a couple of games, and uh, we also wanted to uh, send a shout-out to our sponsor, GameSurplus.com. Uh, if you decide after listening to the show tonight that you know you are interested in either of the titles we're going to be looking at, go no further than GameSurplus.com. Uh, they have fantastic prices, a huge selection of games, and a sterling reputation for customer service and individual care and attention. Um, recently, as some people may have read, uh, Game Surplus uh, was bought. Uh, Velma and Amos, as much as we have loved having them uh, as our sponsor, as uh, we loved having Thor before them, um, they have decided to sell the company to Carmen. And Carmen is a board game enthusiast uh, extraordinaire. He is um, very active in the hobby um, and is super interested in continuing the great traditions uh, that Game Surplus uh, has always stood for. Uh, most notably, uh, I can think about the fact that he went to Essen this year right uh, before he bought the company, knowing he was going to buy it, so that he could go there and check out all the new games and try to build some relationships with uh, publishers overseas. I can already see the results of that as he's bringing in uh, some of the titles. I'm trying to remember, Lloyd, what was the name of the publisher that did... Uh, uh, it's it's the sort of a, they're either a Finnish publisher um, or a, a, a Swedish publisher, um, and they are uh, they're the ones I think that originally did Eclipse, and they have done Flamme Rouge, and mm. I mean Flamme Rouge is like impossible to get, but you can get it at Game Surplus. So you know he went over there, met people, um, trying to build relationships to improve the already fantastic reputation that. Uh, 
uh, game surplus has for importing games and getting things uh, you know in long before anybody else gets them in. So uh, we're very happy and thrilled uh, to have Carmen uh, as a partner uh, uh, with uh, uh, the Longview and very happy that they uh, want to continue the relationship and uh, we're just uh, pleased as punch at uh, everything that we've seen so far in the transition. So uh, thanks to Carmen and thanks to GameSurplus.com for their continued support of the Longview and Quick Looks. So tonight we're going to be taking a look at uh, two games, Flag Dash and Pursuit of Happiness. We're going to start off with The Pursuit of Happiness. Uh, This is a title from Stronghold, and uh, I've played this game quite a bit, um, had it for quite a while, and have played it quite a few times with a lot of different people. Now, Lloyd, you just played it with me tonight for the first time, so you're kind of going to give us that first impression kind of feel. Uh, You played three-player with uh, myself and Carter, Mm -hmm. and uh, I've played uh, a number of times uh, with the uh, two, three, and four-player count. Most of my plays have been, I've had two plays at the four-player count, the full max boat on this game. And uh, basically, if I were to describe the game, I'm going to say what everybody else has been saying, which is kind of like life for gamers. Um, There's uh, just this wonderful kind of uh, narrative to the game. Uh, You start off with a childhood trait. Um, Everybody gets two cards, and you're going to pick from those two cards. And maybe you're particularly industrious, or maybe you're very creative, or maybe you're very charismatic. And these are going to have long-lasting in-game sort of effects. And then you're going to sort of build your life from there. Um, how you're going to build your life is by taking on projects and things that you would like to do. These projects could be anything from uh, designing a board game um, to uh, having a, a, a barbershop quartet to opening a restaurant uh, as kind of like a group endeavor or project. Um, you might decide to kind of uh, try and explore your spirituality. <laughs> okay, You could try to learn some martial arts. Yeah. You could uh, learn to eat healthy, which mm-hmm. I love the fact that learning to eat healthy makes you sad. <laughs> <laughs> it does. So it's, and there's all this flavor text on the card. It's like the first level of learning to eat healthy is it says salad and it gives you a short term, like it lowers your short term happiness. It makes you not too, it doesn't make right. you happy. And then the next level is like more salad, <laughs> <laughs> which also makes you sad. sad. It's like even more salad after that, right? Um, but of course, you know, then the, the final effects of uh, eating healthy is it's going to extend your life. It's going to make you healthier. So uh, there's all of these great thematic things. You could take on a project or a, a change in life. You could. I had a stamp collection in the last game. Mm-hmm. Um, so many. You can have a library. You can have a wine collection. You know. Uh, then you can also um, either buy items or go on activities. So you might go on a vacation. You might go to see the circus. You might uh, go to see a concert. You might, um, you know, be on a game show. Um, there's all these different things that you could do, or you could buy items. You could. Get yourself a car, you know. So all of these things are represented on cards, okay? The game is primarily card-driven, and you're going to be building a tableau in front of you. You're also going to have the job, uh, the chance later on to get yourself a job. Um, get a job, you lazy bum. Although in I, your game... I didn't. <laughs> you never got a I job. I never got a job. You died without ever having worked. <laughs> I know, but I, and you I, had a pretty I good lived life. off of my wife. You did, yeah. Mel supported you. She really and, did. Uh, and, and she's kind of like an edgy looking girl, so she supported you ironically. Um, she totally did. <laughs> so, she gave Mel, me a lot of good ideas. She gave me a lot of good ideas, and then you went out and tried to do crazy things, and Mel's like, that's my husband. So, <laughs> um, 
you know, meanwhile, I was in the arts career, which, uh, um, you know, again, there's like career paths you can follow in this, like in that, like the health industry, the human resources or sales industries, um, science and technology or arts. Um, and then, of course, the, the last thing that you can do in addition to all of these things is you can find yourself a partner. Um, and I will say that the game is very interesting in that they make no differentiation between male and female. All of the cards are double-sided. The names are usually uh, close to each other, like Sean and Shauna or, you know, Mike and Michaela Michelle or Michelle or something, or like, something that, like that, yeah. right? And, uh, <clears throat> you know, there is no prohibitation against uh, same-sex marriage. So that's kind of a, a kind of a nice kind of a refreshing option for people out there. Um, and, and I think that it's uh, kind of forward looking, which I like. I mean, after kind of giving Artipia a hard time after uh, lap dance, you know, and, and kind of being like, yeah, that theme. And, you know, it's, we're, we're kind of you know, dealing with a, an industry that is kind of sad and, not, you know, not really something that I'm particularly interested in playing. You know, here we have this game, which is very light, but um, a lot of choices, strategic, and it, it sort of opens up the idea of partnership uh, in a way that, you know, I think is kind of refreshing. So, you know, as, as hard of a time as I gave them about uh, the other game, I'm going to um, make sure to point this out as well. Now, all of these things happen as you purchase cards um, from the various rows. You have a project row, an item activity row, a job row, and a partner row. And, of course, one of the things I love is at the start of the game, you start as a child. So you can't get a job. And you're, you can't have a partner. No, okay? you can't. All that you can do is, you know, do some projects and maybe try to get an item or have an act, you know, do an activity or get a temp job. Or um, and so, everything that you're going to do in this game revolves around the cards, and the cards are all going to have a cost. And the cost is basically one of four different kinds of resources, if you want to think of it that way. Uh, there are relationships that you build. Okay, so you kind of have like interpersonal sort of currency. Uh, represented by nice little tokens that have handshakes on them. You have ideas, right? You got ideas and creativity. Um, and this is represented by a light bulb token, right? Uh, you also have the knowledge that you've gained throughout life. And this is represented by books. And then, of course, there's always money. So you have these four basic currencies that you're going to use when you purchase cards. And you're going to sort of activate those cards when you purchase them by paying the resource cost. And it's going to give you some sort of benefit. It might give you um, resources of a different type. It might um, give you some short-term happiness. It might you know, make you uh, happy for the short run. Uh, because in this game, you have a short-term happiness track, and you also have long-term happiness, which is really long-term happiness is your victory points. It's your score. It's what's going to win you the game. And so short-term happiness is going to help you when it comes to turn order. It's going to help you when it comes to resources. If you're a happy person um, and you have a lot of short-term happiness, you're going to be able to actually pay fewer resources when you take a project or an item or activity. Um, however, if you're kind of down in the dumps or sad, uh, it's going to be it's going to cost you more resources. Kind of get yourself up off the sofa, get out of the house, and go do something. It's kind of the way I visualize it. And so it's it's going to be more draining for you uh, to try and get yourself moving. Um, and so that's like a really interesting idea. You can always rest uh, if you would like to and try to uh, recover a little bit. And the things that you might need to recover from is your stress. There is a stress track on the board, which is really a unique kind of mechanism. And you are going to become stressed primarily by trying to do the same thing too many times over and over and over. So 
If I try to, um, you know, go and, and spend money by uh, going and performing an activity, and then I try to do the same thing again uh, and take another activity, well, I'm kind of burning the candle at both ends, and that's going to cause me some stress. Um, if I take, uh, you know, more than one partner, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's going to cause you some stress, okay, and that's, it's going to be long stress. That's going to because... be long. Stress. That's that's not just a game, people. That's life. Okay? <laughs> that is life. <laughs> <laughs> more than one relationship is going to cause you some stress. Um, and you know, there's only so many things that you can do, like the the sort of the sum total of your projects and your jobs and your partners. You can really only juggle three things at the same time without it causing you stress. And stress is going to decrease your health. And the interesting thing about this game is that your health is represented by the uh, sort of worker pawns that you're going to use in the game. Your worker pawns basically look like uh, hourglasses, yep. time. Everything in the game costs you time. And so... Um, if you are a healthy person, you have more time. You're going to live longer. You're going to be able to do more things. If you are a stressed out person who becomes unhealthy, then you're going to lose time. You know, your life is going to be shorter. Um, you're not going to get to do as many things. Um, if you're stretching yourself too thin, you got too many jobs, jobs take time. Uh, you start with a certain amount of time every round of the game. And as you mature and you get older and you have a job and you have a relationship, those just take time away from you. Mm -hmm. um, you might get some sort of benefit like, oh, I don't know money, like a salary from your job, or you might get some uh, benefit from your spouse um, who helps you be very creative, like your spouse Mel was, right? Yeah. Okay. She was great. But the bottom line is, hey, it takes time to maintain mm -hmm. those relationships. It takes time to maintain your job. And so now you start off your life and you're like, wow, I can do this and this and this and this. And then as you kind of get tied down in life to responsibilities, just like in real life, yeah. you kind of lose time and, and it's not as easy to do things as it used to be. So uh, one of the ways you can combat that is by trying to be healthy and happy. That's going to give you more energy, which is going to give you more time. So it's a really fascinating kind of look at the idea of a board game trying to depict your life. Um, so when people say it's life for gamers, I think that's very true. But I also think it's a little bit of a disservice. Um, because life at, at its core, aside from a few choices that you make, do I want to go for a college education or not? Do I want to get married or not? Mm -hmm. uh, aside from those forks in the road that's on the life board, there really aren't any choices. Whereas in this game, everything you do is a choice. Everything you do is what you chose to do. Now, there's certainly randomness in the cards that are going to flop up into the uh, card rows. But... Um, you know, you can even spend some uh, of your happiness, your short-term happiness, trying to kind of flush those away and look at some other things. And you're going to see a lot of the cards in the game. You're not going to see them all, um, but you're going to see close to all of the jobs and partners. And you're going to see at least half, if not three quarters of the deck of projects and items. So there's enough extra in there for a lot of variability, but there's also some reasonable assurance that 
you know, there's going to be certain cards that will come out, you know, cards that are going to improve your health, like the eating healthy or getting in touch with your spirituality. Or I had one where I basically worked out until I was ripped, right? Yes, we <laughs> pumped was, you up. I was all pumped up and ripped, right? Um, so, yeah, you know, it's nice in fantasy that I can do that, even though I'm not in real life. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, this game really, there's a lot of choices. So it's not going to feel random in the same way that a game like Life feels. Um, it, it really is a modern feeling game uh, for uh, in all ways and for all intents and purposes. So uh, I've played this a lot, two, three, and four player. Uh, Lloyd, you played it for the first time tonight. So before we really talk more about the game, uh, what were your impressions of it? I really enjoyed the game. There were so many different little nuances to how the way the cards interacted, how the way your stress level um, kind of influenced what you were able to do, how you had to spend your time to, you know, stay in a relationship or to stay in a job. Of course, I didn't have a job, so I didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> but still, the fact that, you know, you had to spend time to stay in a relationship. Because yeah, you were a kept man. I kind of was. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that just there were so many little things to this that really made it an interesting game for me. And I would have played it again almost immediately just you know, to see new cards come out, to see different combinations, to maybe see if it was worth getting a job. Because yeah. I came in second by almost as much as Carter came in third, and I didn't have a job. job. But you were Ninja Grandpa. I was. I was Ninja Grandpa. So, you know, I, I got to do some cool things. I ate my salad until I was healthy. It really made me upset until I was healthy. And uh, I got to be Ninja Grandpa in old age, which was tons of fun. And as and you ninja- busted a hip. I did. But that's why I went to the student rally and I became a student activist <laughs> as Ninja, ninja you're Grandpa. You're like Bernie Sanders. Like, I, I totally think you're Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I was even a debater at the, at the student rally. It was great, you know. You were. So, I think you were Bernie Sanders. Was there like a little bird that landed on the podium there was. at the rally? That's awesome. I didn't even think of that when we were playing it. But yeah, I think you were Bernie Sanders. See, so, you know, you hear a little peepa in the background. <laughs> So at any rate, this was, you know, this was. I can't get past it. Okay. All right. So at any rate, so this was, I mean, just such a fun game. And I I don't even think I would call this life for gamers. This was just a good, solid. uh, It's got a bit of worker placement going. You've got like some tech tree elements to it. Yeah, yeah. With the and, jobs and you stuff, definitely yeah. have resource allocation mm-hmm. because of the way you have to manage your knowledge and your creativity and your relationships and your money. Yeah, yeah. And part of the biggest reason why I did not get a job in this game is because anytime a job came out, I didn't always have the required resources. Mm -hmm. to be able to get that job. So if I really wanted to grab that job, I was going to have to spend some time to either get the relationship or get the creativity or get the book knowledge that Mm -hmm. I needed and then spend more time getting the job. And there were always other things that I wanted to do. So I love the fact that there's so many choices for you. And yeah, it kind of felt like I was playing almost a solitaire game other than the fact that we're all on the same score track. Right, right. Well, and also we're and sometimes competing for cards. Sometimes competing you for know, cards. Uh, there, there are cards out there that, you know, you clearly want. And if you don't have the resources you need, someone might snag them before you. You know, typical Euro interaction. Right. 
There's also the group project cards, which are kind of fun, though. Those were cool. Those are neat. Those are like, you know, if you want to start a barbershop quartet. I started like a pop-up restaurant was the way yeah, I kind of I was your envisioned waiter. it. You were my waiter. That's right. Yeah. That's the way it should you were be. My, I, I was, was like, waiter. Dom, <laughs> where is my automobile? I only got a dollar as your waiter, too. It was horrible. But the group projects are neat because all the other players can participate in your project. I, I had a rock band. Right, well, I, was, I started. I, no, I started the rock band. Oh, you started the rock I band. I was the keyboard oh, I was player. The manager. Me, 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 right, right. Me, you were like Rick. You were Spaceship Wakeman. That's what um, it was. And then, uh, yeah, we had like the restaurant one, and so uh, the other players can participate in that group project and gain benefits from it. Gain mm-hmm. benefits initially, and then benefits at the end of the round is sort of like a reward. Um, and so that's a really neat um, kind of mechanism where you actually kind of work together a little bit, which is kind of neat. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I really, really enjoyed the game. I love the flavor text on the cards. I love the way the cards all have different levels. And, and I kind of described that a little bit. Like when you first take a project or something, um, you know, you start off at like almost like a level one, um, but you can advance that project. You can get better at what you're doing. Like I had this card where it's like, you know, I, I gave like a, a little a social gathering and then it became a cocktail party and then it became like, you know, this big event. And then it was like um, a soiree. Yeah, yeah, it was like a soiree. Uh-oh. Very good. Um, and so, like, the, the cards have these different levels to them, right? Like, my workout card was like first it was my arms, right? <laughs> yeah. Then it was then it was my legs. Then it was the abs <laughs> where I could get ripped, right? And then finally, <laughs> you know, so. Like, the cards all have, like, a story that they tell, like, this natural progression, right? Yeah. You started as, like, a, a Boy Scout, and then you ended up as a Scoutmaster or something, right? As yeah. you progress through the different levels. So by the time you're done, I mean, one of the fun things that the kids like to do when we play this game is when you're done, you kind of, like, look at all the cards that you had in your tableau, and you sort of tell your life story, you know? Um, you know, I started out as this, you know, precocious kid with big ideas and dreams, you know? And it's like, then I went and did that. I had a paper route when I was a kid that would be like your temp job, right? Yeah. And that gave me enough money so that I could buy the beginnings of my stamp collection, you know? And so like you kind of tell this whole story um, as the game goes on. So really, really enjoy that. Um, negatives, um, you know, because we're kind of gushing about it. There's a couple of negatives that I have about the game. Um, not many. Uh, the first one is that because there's so many choices and because your choices actually matter and because... Sometimes the order in which you do things in a round is hugely important because if I do this and get this resource first and then activate this card, which will give me that resource, then I can do this thing. This game has a lot of potential for AP. Like someone can sit there and stare at their tableau and that board. And when I've played this game at four players, it really has the propensity to drag. It it can really drag on, Um, especially depending on the type of people that you're playing with. So... That's a really, really um, important thing, I think, for people to know, is the game is not designed, I don't think, to be played that way. I don't think the game is really designed to be played as an AP min-max kind of a game. You can play it that way, without a doubt. You can play it very seriously if you want to. But I think the game, to me, it feels like it was meant to be more lighthearted than that. And so if you're playing with people who are like way too serious about it, the game can really drag at the four-player count. Um, I really like it at the, the three-player count. The two-player count is nice as well, and the game's really snappy at the two-player count. Three-player count is what we played tonight, and I didn't feel it dragged. I mean, we 
we didn't overanalyze things too much. You know, Carter played with us, and, and we got it done in like an hour. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think it, it drags um, with three players and two players, but four players seems to be almost like a critical mass for me, at least in my experience. Um, the only other problem that I have with the game, it's a minor quibble, is the uh, short-term happiness track. So one of the things that can happen is if you gain some short-term happiness, what it means is you uh, can pay less or fewer resources when you go to uh, activate a project or, or you know, get an item or perform an activity. And so you pay, there's like three different slots. So you kind of have the center position where everybody starts. And then you have the first position where you get a bonus kind of of like, I can pay one less resource. And then the second, I could pay two less or two fewer resources. And the third, I could pay three fewer resources. Awesome. Really hard to get there. But, you know, you could with the right card play. But on the board, it says plus one, plus two, plus three. So to me, it should have been minus one, minus two, minus three. As I get happier, I'm paying fewer resources. It kind of looks like exactly the opposite. On the sort of sad side of the short-term happiness, it says minus one, minus two, minus three, meaning you're going to have to pay one more, two more, three more, but it says minus. And to me, that's just a little graphic design nitpick that kind of bugs me, whereby I I think it just should have been reversed so that, you know, the minus one shows, hey, you pay one less, two less, three less. The word less to me means minus, not plus. So minor quibble, uh, really my only quibble with the game, to be honest with you. The, the graphic design otherwise is really cute, very functional, bright, cheerful. We've already talked about the cards. The wood hourglass tokens are real chunky and nice. Oh, they're nice. Um, you know, everything about the game, I love even the cardboard resource tokens because the graphic design of them, the light bulbs, the handshakes, and the books, really, really top-notch stuff here. Just those two minor uh, kind of – the one quibble and the other is just like a little bit of a warning uh, for me. What about you, Lloyd? Anything pop out to you? Uh, the only thing that I, I really had a problem with, some of the job cards – that have a value of money that's 11, oh, yeah. you have to look really hard at that card to see that that's an 11 because from a distance... It looks like a 7. It looks like a 7 or yeah. maybe even a weird 4. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I mean, I love the way the game looked. I love the artwork on yeah, all the yeah, cards. It's really good. Yeah. And uh, I just, I enjoyed it completely. Yeah. Really yeah. did. So, you know, for, for both of us, I think this is a big thumbs up. Um, you know, it's a game that has stood up to repeated play. My kids really enjoy it. My wife likes it. Um, you know, she's not typically uh, one that latches on to new games quickly, but she did like this one. Um, so this is, you know, this is definitely one that, that I would recommend. Uh, you as well, Lloyd? Oh, yes. I would definitely recommend this. Eat your salad and go jogging. <laughs> And you will so, become Ninja Grandpa Ninja like Grandpa. I did. <laughs> you will be Bernie Sanders. So <laughs> that's our review for the Stronghold uh, release of the uh, uh, Artipia game, The Pursuit of Happiness. So the next game that we're going to review right now is a game called Flag Dash. This is from uh, Peacekeeper Games, and the designer is Kirk Dennison. Uh, This is a game that uh, I became aware of uh, when I heard uh, from the designer and saw some news on BGG about it. And uh, I think it was also played on Game Night um, for Board Game Geek, um, sort of their channel. 
Um, and so the game has actually gotten quite a lot of attention. Um, I know Tom Vassell did a review of it and liked it. Um, it is a fun family game. A little bit of a spoiler, but uh, that's pretty much what it is. So this is a game that is uh, designed with the theme of uh, old childhood friends getting back together for one more game of Capture the Flag. Uh, they had always said they'd get back together and uh, when they were older and um, uh, and and have a, a you know a go at it just like they did when they were kids and so uh, the game is uh, designed to be played by two to four players I'd really say it's either two or four there is a three player uh, kind of way to do it but I, I really think it's best with four yeah. um, two is okay um, it's still fun. But um, I think at heart, it's really a four-player game, personally. It takes about 30 minutes or less to play. And uh, it is a, a, like I said, it's just a, it's a neat, fun family game. Uh, Lloyd, do you want to kind of take point on this one and sort of talk a little bit about how the game's played? Sure. So in Flag Dash, you've got these six different characters. and They're all represented by these awesome, differently shaped wooden pawns. And each team is going to have three of these characters. Now, of these three characters, one of them is like your your defense or your keeper. And they don't really have any special abilities other than the fact that they're going to move around and try and block. Meanwhile, your other two characters have some sort of special ability, whether it's extra tokens they get to use or some sort of extra action card that they get. And then for each player at the table, you get a set of seven action cards. Four of them have to do with movement. One of them has to do with shoving or pushing one of the characters, which is cool. One of them has a flag on it. And then one of them has this weird kind of like recycle symbol almost that means you get to do something again, as well as maybe these special action cards. Each player also will get seven priority tokens that I'll explain in a minute. And the gist of the game is you're basically playing Capture the Flag. There are these nice wooden flags that actually slide into the holes in the ponds, which Mm -hmm, is really cool. mm -hmm, And all the characters that are in play have these two little tokens that go on their player card. And these are like their Their flags, flags, like when, you know, you used to play uh, flag football almost. And as you're running around, you can either grab the team flag and try and run that to the other side to win Or one of your characters could possibly collect all the flags of the other team's players, and that would also win you the game. So it is a very quick game, and it's based off of programming moves. So, like I said, you had basic action cards, and you have these priority tokens. The tokens are numbered 1 through 7, and each one is a little bit different. Some of them let you play a single card. Some of them let you play a single card as a multiplier, which means you maybe get to do it two or three times. Some of them let you play a single card followed by another card out of your hand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And some of them will give you the ability to play the card and maybe give you some energy. The last one, which is the number seven, lets you simply play a card and then pick up all of your remaining priority tokens that you'd already used. So how does the game work? Each player in the game is going to program two moves. By doing that, you're going to look at these seven cards and these seven tokens that you have. And there are these nice little player screens, so you can kind of spread everything out if you want to Mm -hmm, behind mm -hmm. your screen. Yeah, keep it hidden, right. Keep it hidden. And you're going to place one card face down with a priority token face down on it. Mm -hmm. And that goes kind of closer to the board. That's your first program move. And then from what's left, you're going to pick a second card and a second token face down. And you're going to put them a little offset, maybe a little farther behind. And that's your second programmed move. 
Once everybody has programmed their two moves, everybody reveals the priority token on their first planned move. And you're going to look around the table. Whoever has the lowest priority value gets to go first. Right. And often the lowest priority token is like it lets you play a card. It, like you, it doesn't, you play doesn't that do anything card. special. Yep. Right. That's right. All it is. And whereas the higher tokens tend to give you more benefits. So the temptation is to play the higher token because you're going to get to do more things, right? But uh, if you want to go first, you got to play a low token, right? Exactly. And then everybody will execute in lowest to highest numerical order those first moves that they did. So everybody kind of does their first move, and then you repeat that with your second move. Reveal the priority token, Mm -hmm. look to see who gets to go first, and then activate your second card. Now, the interesting thing is there's this little extra pawn. It's this tiebreak marker. And if there are ever two priority tokens that are revealed at the same time that are the same number, whoever has that tiebreaker marker or whichever team has that tiebreaker marker right, right. gets to go first. Right. And then that tiebreaker marker switches to the other team. Mm-hmm. So there is a nice little built-in mechanic there. It's a small board. It's very tight because it's meant to be. And you're just kind of running around, shoving each other, trying to grab the flag, trying to run <laughs> it to your side. And it's a lot of fun. It's a quick game. It's very easy to learn. There are some advanced rules you can use. And there's variants in there too. There's some variants. There's even an alternate way to set it up where you get these orange cones and you can set the orange cones up in a secret spot on the edge of your board. And the only way to actually win the game is if you can get your opponent's flag into the spot where these orange cones are. So it's kind of interesting. (laughs) Lots of different ways you can play it. That's just a brief overview of Flag Dash. Yeah, you know this was a this was a fun game. Um, I I really wasn't sure what to expect, um, and yeah, you know when I opened it up, I thought the uh, components are very nice, the board's very nice, uh, the the meeples that they have, you know, they're not just pawns; they're they, they're kind of cut to look like people, um, and each one of them is a unique color and sort of in a unique pose. And uh, I thought that was a nice touch, and like you already mentioned, the little hole to hold the flag if you can grab the flag. Um, the components are all very nice and serviceable. I heard some people complaining about like the the cardboard uh, quality, and I didn't have a problem with it at all. I mean, I, I thought it was fine. Uh, the little flags that you know you would put inside your pants, you know, like if you were playing flag right, football, yeah. they're like these little cardboard markers that you know look like little rectangular flags that you put on the cards. There's a space for them on the cards. Yeah, you know, very clever. Um, a lot in a little small package, you know, it, it's a box that's only a little bit bigger than like a tiny Epic box, you know, like tiny yeah. Epic kingdoms or something. Um, it's only a, a, a little bit longer than that. It's about the same width. And yet you get a game board, you get these custom meeple tokens, you get, um, you know, the, the flags, you get all these other tokens and markers. There's like little, um, they almost look like a Transamerica little rail pieces that are kind of like little blocks. Yeah, they're the um, walls. They're the walls, yeah. you know, that that will um, that are impassable and you can set those up. Uh, you have the cones tokens. You have the holes. You can you can, yeah, be you a can dig a tunnel. You can dig a tunnel, right? So it's like the, it's like the great escape, you know. Um, it really you can is. dig a tunnel. You like pop up like a gopher, right? Yeah. So it's like it's almost like a little bit of uh, uh, Caddyshack, you know. Yeah. Like you pop up, you start singing the "I'm All Right" song. <laughs> <laughs> so dropping dynamite down the hole. <laughs> License to kill gophers. Um, (laughs) anyway yeah so i think that the game does a good job of capturing the the sort of just uh fun sort of feel um i was a little worried when i heard it was a program movement game because i'm like most program movement games are pretty heavy 
and they're they can tend to be kind of long and but the board is so small and the card play is very intuitive very quick it's like okay i'm going forward i'm going left i'm going right i'm going back it's not all that complicated right um, and depending on the priority token I'm using, I might get to execute that movement uh, once, twice, three times. And so the game really does move pretty darn quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you can shove people out of your way if your path is blocked. Um, so even though it's a programmed game, it really does flow quickly. And so I thought that was really important for this game to do it because it's a fun theme. It's definitely like a family kind of a theme. Mm-hmm. This is something you can sit and play with your family, play with the kids. It's a lot of fun, but you don't want it to be longer than what it should be. And sometimes you get that with games. Uh, you get long games that outstay their welcome, and you get short games that outstay their welcome. And I was a little concerned about that, but after playing it, um, I, I really can say it's it's quick. Um, you know, it can be over very quickly, um, or it can take about a half hour. And I think that's perfect for uh, you know the the weight of the game and for the theme of the game. So. Um, Kudos on doing a theme that has never been done before. You know, this this notion of, I want to make a game about Capture the Flag. Capture I mean, the Flag, right. It's kind of unusual, you know? Like, I, I was kind of like, huh, you know, it doesn't sound like that would be a fun theme, but it, it really is. Yeah. And each of the different characters having their own little abilities adds a little bit of variety and spice to it. Um, the different variants and ways to set up the board, the fact that you can play it with different player counts, all of these things, I think, make this a fun family game. So I really did enjoy Flag Dash. Um, would you give that a recommendation as well, Lloyd? Oh, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. I like the way uh, the, the characters are all slightly different and they're balanced well enough that you can kind of mix up the three characters that you're going to play with, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. of them have extra tokens like the cat lady. Her cats scare people away. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, just, uh, I got, picture her throwing the cats. Because yeah. yeah. I would like to throw cats most of the time. Uh, yeah, I'm not, pretty not much. a big cat fan. So, no. you know, throwing cats, I think, is, you know. Of course, if Jamie Stegmeier is listening to this, he's going to be very <laughs> upset with me because he loves cats. Um, but, but you've yeah, got the yeah. dude with the lasso who can, like, pull people to mm-hmm, him. And mm-hmm. you've got a... Yep. You've got, like, the athletic businessman who leaps over walls and people right, and yep, the guy yep. who digs. And then you've got oh, you've got the you've got the techie the, geek. The, the techie dude who sets and out he traps. he sets out yeah. traps. Yeah. So, you know, they all have, like, these cool little abilities. And part of the fun of the game is really trying to create a team um, that you've never played before mm-hmm. and see how those abilities work. And, of course, one ability is always negated because one person is always your defender. Right, right. Which means they can't have they, their they ability. They don't have that ability, yeah. yeah. And, and that's a nice touch as well, and it adds a little bit to the variability of the game, which is important when you have a static board. Right. You know, the, the board is generally static, um, you know, unless you start using some of the variants or the cones or things of that nature. So, uh, you know, I think it's very important that you have that input variability of the characters and the team composition to keep the game fresh. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, surprisingly enough, um, you know, I, I kind of had my doubts when I first started playing it, but the you know the more I played it, the more I liked it. It was fun. I think it helps that you know I, I have a pretty good record with the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's definitely um, a, a unique theme, good family game, great quality for a first uh, you know first design. I think uh, first uh, publication from Peacekeeper Games. I don't know if they've done anything else. I haven't heard of it before. It doesn't mean they haven't, but. I really thought it was very well done, very well produced, and a really fun uh, family title. So that's our review for Flag Dash. Well, that's about all the time we have for this episode of Quick Looks, number 23. 
Uh, I want to thank, of course, Lloyd, as always, for uh, being on the show tonight. Lloyd, thanks for uh, hanging out, playing games, and doing some recording. Oh, I'm always glad to do that. Well, thank you very much, of course, as always. And thanks, of course, to our sponsor, GameSurplus.com. If you have liked the sound of Flag Dash or you've liked the sound of the Pursuit of Happiness, uh, drop an email over there to Carmen at Games at GameSurplus.com. Better yet, see if they already have it in stock. If they do, go ahead and order it. Um, He has reduced the threshold for free shipping. Um, He has drastically increased uh, the inventory of GameSurplus.com. He is getting new imports all the time. Uh, He updates the website uh, much more frequently uh, than uh, in the past. Instead of it just being once a week, it's now almost daily. You'll hear, you know, what new stuff that has arrived. And uh, I have gotten a lot of very hard-to-find games through just watching Game Surplus. I got a copy of Feast for Odin, which was incredibly hard to find. Uh, Flam Rouge, um, Hanshu they have. Uh, that's another one from uh, the, the Finnish publisher, I believe it is, uh, whose name continues to escape me. And I think I think it's like a, a purposeful mental block because I couldn't pronounce it anyway. Um, so, you know, just a, a great company, uh, great people, and great games at great prices. So go check them out. And if you do decide to order from them, please be sure to tell them the Longview sent you. So, for Lloyd Keller and myself, I want to say thanks to everybody out there for listening, and have a great night.